Okay, what's going on, everybody? It's Mitch here with another episode of the Small Town Housing Show. And for anybody who's new to the show, we're here every week up until next month because I'm taking some holidays and we're talking about economics, local statistics, the Peterborough housing market, uh, politics at our local level, um, and everything to do with the macro picture to help you make better housing decisions. Um, and so a little housekeeping item before we dive into what we're going to talk about this week, uh, just like the buyers appear to be on holidays in this real estate market, I also would love some holidays. So (laughs) I am going to go ahead right now and preemptively tell everybody that after this episode, the next two months, I'm going to plan to do just a monthly market update when we have the total monthly statistics in um, unless any major catastrophic uh, headlines that need dissected come through I'm going to plan to take the next two months so July and August to uh, really just enjoy my family get some things done around the house hopefully do some camping and live life so uh, just be aware if you see me miss a week that is a planned power outage. (laughs) Um, So let's dive into it. I'm going to go through a bit of an itinerary here for you guys, and then we'll just start uh, uh, going through things. So we're going to go through the seven-day stats. I want to do a bit of a a brief overview about what's happening out there with showing activity. Going to go through the 30-day in terms of where our total inventory has landed with the recent changes that we've had. Um, And then just want to talk about interest rates and what uh, what the most likely scenario is if we were to view things graphically over the next six months here, uh, because there's a lot of people, that seems to be the topic of choice right now, um, is is when we see a bottom, what's what's the picture going to look like from there? We know there's a lot of buyer demand on the flanks, uh, sort of people sitting on the, on the sidelines and that there's still a ton of buyer demand pending in the background. Um, but what's it going to mean with the new cost of money? Um, in terms of people's borrowing and how far they can leverage themselves, what what is our recovery going to look like and what will the new normal be in terms of a price equilibrium? Um, so all good stuff, totally going to be my speculative guesses, but we'll just talk through a few things. Um, and I think that that's pretty much it. I'm going to leave you guys uh, with, with a, a little send-off and away we go. So um, let's talk about the seven-day review here. So... For everybody who's watching the show, we're going through this every week. It's been very helpful to, to break the what's happening in the market down into more you know, micro manageable chunks to spot trends ahead of uh, when they might really already be uh, appearing in the monthly pattern. So 81 new listings uh, in the last seven days. This is Peterborough uh, County residential, um, 54 firm sales. So that's a t- 27 net new listings on the market in that time frame. That is significantly less than the 41 last week and that number was significantly less than 70 the week prior um so interesting we saw like the the high for a weekly period uh just in the middle of june and already now towards the end of june tapering back to to some more um average numbers that we've seen this year in terms of the the inventory growth overall um so still growing but the rate is definitely slowing so okay here we go Three consecutive weeks in a row, the speed at which new inventory coming on decreases. Do we see a flattening? Um, The 30-day activity 
is looking relatively similar to what it did mid-month, but a, but a little notch higher. So uh, we had currently right now, just in the city of Peterborough, 207 active listings, 101 pending listings. So that is a month of inventory of 2.05. So slightly higher than what I had posted for the middle of the month, which was in the uh, 1.9s. Uh, so a little bit higher, not drastically, but we are over two months now. Um, and so on to showing activity. Talk to any agent out there. Anybody who's got a house listed, um, the the showing activity is is virtually zero right now. Um, listings that are turnkey, attractive, well priced, or or even underpriced, uh, getting you know one to two to three showings a week. So it's it's really crazy. Um, the buyers are just totally on holidays. They're there. We know we know you're there. <laughs> I know you're there because we have lots of buyers ourselves that we were working with right up until when things started to shift and pivot and uh, they're all just taking their time and, and rightfully so. Um, so there's there's plenty of people uh, in the back burner and they're just total herd mentality pulled back right now. So when is that going to shift and what's going to happen when it does? Um, an interesting sort of little roundabout you can do to go through and, and play through this because at times it could seem that the markets are already overreacted to what's happening right now and sort of its future forward projections about what how the what the new normal for the market's going to be um but just playing around with some basic numbers in a mortgage calculator so our market right now um you're seeing a lot of numbers around the toronto suburbs that things are down you know 15 to high teen percentages a lot of places 20 percent um within peterborough I've seen numbers ranging, you know, definitely double digits, um, depending on your, your neighborhoods and your comparable sales you're looking at and how, how desperate each individual seller was. I'm seeing quite a range, but, but, you know, in, in those mid teen numbers in terms of from the peak to now. Um, and, and what's interesting is that if you go back to, uh, the very start of the pandemic and even in the middle of the pandemic, and you take the variable interest rates at those times and you, go ahead and, and, and impose over what your payment would be, how different it is right now at the current variable rates and what the variable rates will be if they actually pull through with a 0.75 basis, uh, uh, basis point rate hike in July. What you're looking at is that we, you know, we are still kind of under what, what the, the interest rate change has represented in terms of people's monthly payments and their ability to stretch themselves or what type of payment they can afford. Um, so let's just run through a couple of basic examples because I think that's helpful. So if, if you take, I mean, currently right now, the average uh, big five bank out there has got a variable rate at 3.25%. Um, if we see 75 basis points in July, that's going to move the variable rate up to 4%. We're not even talking about fixed rates right now because just people aren't, aren't, aren't even choosing to take those. So I'm looking at what are the variable rates right now and what are they going to be? Um, but what were those rates in the past? People who bought at, at, the, at the peaks, um, now, albeit the peak, the peak really was was a few months ago, and the rates weren't as low as they were in the middle of this. But in terms of what people locked into or 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 uh, signed up for um, in the middle of the pandemic, what were people looking at? You had variable rates getting as low as one percent. Uh, you had fixed rates getting as low as two percent in those ball. But you could have cases that were slightly over, slightly under both those numbers, depending on you know A lender, B lender. Uh, but those those are the the broad strokes. So. 
what does that mean? When you look at a, a payment of 1.5%, let's say most people are locked in at a, at a variable rate somewhere along the, the line of the last two years in the pandemic of 1.5%, or that's not what they locked in for, so to speak, but what they what they bought, that's the payment that they agreed to sign up for. Um, on on a $600,000 mortgage, so you know roughly a three-quarter million dollar purchase price with your down payment, uh, $600,000 mortgage, your payment would be right around $2,400. Um, at the old rates of 1.5%. Now at our current rates, uh, or if you if you shoot ahead and go, okay, let's look closer to three and a half percent, that raises your monthly payment about $600. Now that's about a 25% difference in your monthly payment. So um, for prices to be down uh, mid teens, you know, 15% over under, uh, still, still isn't totally uh, in line with where those interest rates are right now in terms of how much people's uh, payment has changed or their ability to lever themselves up and max out their payment has changed, um, and and that's going to move again. Um, so if if we take that and and move it from let's say okay let's say most people locked into these two percent fixed rates and that was really the worst of the damage, um, or that along the continuum here in the latter half of 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 the uh, you know, the real estate spike, uh, that people were locking in more closer to 2% rates. Um, still, if you see the, the, the variable rate go up to 4%, that represents a $624 increase roundabout on your, your payment, uh, from two to 4%. And that's about a 25% difference as well. So anyway, you slice it and dice it, it looks like for the most part, you you can, you can show that people's monthly payment on, on a $600,000 mortgage might change by about 25% unless I am totally using my mortgage calculator wrong. Uh, so if anybody wants to fact check me on that, I welcome it. <laughs> um, but that, that's, that's it. So, I mean, what does that mean for the new normal going forward? I mean, first of all, let's talk about affordability for, I, there's so many first time buyers. I, I had people that I worked with in the past that we, we looked for months and months and months and didn't find anything. And they see these prices dropping and messaging me and saying, you know, I'm really looking forward to the, you know, finally my chance is coming. Um, but <laughs> when we look at affordability, it has not changed. Uh, when, when you just do the simple math and I shouldn't say it hasn't changed because every situation is different, but I mean, come on, look, when your payment has, when, when the, when the interest rates have moved enough to, to change your monthly payment on something by 25% and the prices have dropped in the mid teens, a relative basis, your affordability has not gotten better. Um, so, so it, it still means that although the market is much less competitive now, so you have a lot more ability to pick and choose, you have a lot more time to make your decision, um, a lot, a lot more comfort in the process, uh, in all likelihood, you're not going to be that much, uh, getting that much more bang for your buck in terms of what you go ahead and buy at this exact point in time, because yes, the purchase price can be lower, uh, but, but your monthly payment is going to be the same as it was in the past if you had to bought something that cost you more to buy initially um but but the servicing cost was lower so what does that mean uh for the for the future and beyond i mean obviously every every indication out there is that we are just coasting towards a recession lots of talk about um a, a potential reversal as soon as that you know we see some major a wobbles in the economy in terms of the the Bank of Canada's direction and their uh, you know rhetoric and signaling. Um, 
and, and I think we would need that for the market to have any kind of meaningful rebound at this point, because even though the demand is there on, on a population basis in terms of the, the, you know, the raw arithmetic on, on units available versus, uh, you know, populants looking for a home and new populants uh, that, that will be here via immigration. It still doesn't add up. I mean, if people can't get the money, they can't spend more. So the only way that I would see, because in my mind, part of me, you know, in conversation with people, there's the theory that um, there's so many buyers waiting. And I do really truly believe that there's so many buyers waiting to enter the market that what we thought is that as soon as people see it bottom out, that there would be a rather speedy a shoot up to whatever the new equilibrium will be. Not likely that it will be as high as the past heights because uh, the old interest rates allowed uh, things to hit hit heights that can't be repeated at the current time uh, because incomes haven't changed and the interest rates just simply can't go back to the to as low as they were. So uh, the you know the leverage is not there for people to for to those prices to be reached. Um, and of course, everyone's gonna be a little leery. There's gonna be a little bit of uh, PTSD in terms of of. Uh, uh, the, the, you know, sort of bubble syndrome in terms of everybody not wanting to rush back into a new, you know, up down cycle. Um, but we see that as soon as things have bottomed out and, and there's any kind of indication, which in my own opinion, or at least the way logically I would think would happen is that it would likely coincide with whenever the bank of Canada signals, okay, we're done. We're, we think we've hit our mark with where interest rates are going to stay for now. Um, we're going to hold still. And then when they hold still several meetings in a row, um, and then at any point, if they indicate that they might actually go backwards once they've realized they've totally nuked things, um, I think that as soon as they signal, hey, we're probably actually going to, you know, dial it back a little bit here. Then at that point, uh, people, in, in, in my opinion, most of our most of us as, as realtors guiding our buyers and most buyers watching the headlines are probably going to say, okay, here we go. Time to get in. Now, as we see the cost of borrowing potentially going backwards a little bit, or at least staying the same, most people are going to have a little more certainty that it's time to move forward. And there's so many people ready to pile in that I think as soon as prices start to move off of whatever the the bottom at the time is, that brrr, you're going to have a lot of people want to pile in and capture on the you know perceived bottom prices. Um, but then the question is, is how high can it rise from there? I think it, it gets back to whatever the, the the new normal going forward will be rather quickly. So you see a bit of a spike, a bit of a blip. And then, and then, you know, curbed future growth that won't be at the level that it was back to healthy, normal levels, um, you know, uh, below double digits a year in terms of annual appreciation. Um, but the question is, is how high is that level? And nobody knows. Um, but, but I just don't think that it's high as, as, as the levels of the past were because, you know, mathematically, it's just not really possible at this point in time. Um, but everybody says, well, what about the population crisis? What about the, the housing uh, crisis? Unless one way that the you know some areas of the prices, what will happen is it's not going to be broad strokes. Like I don't think that the 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 Canada wide and province wide prices can just boom recover right back to where they were once people have perceived there's a bottom and then everyone piles back in. But pocket by pocket, I think there will be pockets that shoot back up. So to me, it's logical that condos spike because they're the the price bottom. It to me, it's logical also that that cities like. Peterborough, these cities on the cities on the peripheral see a large spike again because, in absolute terms, people will not be able to afford, uh, you know, downtown GTA core and, and the GTA suburbs uh, just the same because incomes haven't moved and, and they are not set to move meaningfully in any period of, of time in between here. So when everybody gets jumps back in and things are on the rally and it appears that you know buy now because if you buy later it's going to be more expensive and then we have the population waves coming in. Um, I think as people continue to pile in and the scarcity reveals itself 
that there, there's two things is you, you go for the lowest price thing you can buy in your city, which is for everybody's going to be to pile into condos. Or you go back to drive till you apply, which means that for anybody who lives in, you know, the GTA peripheral, you know, talking Pickering, Ajax, uh, and, and anybody who's in Oshawa. So if if they still can't afford to buy something at the new lower prices because the interest rates are higher, uh, but they see that the prices are actually starting to rise again and they're panicking, they want to get something to, to lock themselves into a price um, and, and receive the future appreciation then there really is no alternative than for them to go to the, the most affordable place that they can uh, stretch to to be able to commute and still work or, or work mobile if, they, if that's an option for them. And then I think it puts all the places that represent the lowest tier small and mid-sized cities in Ontario back in good positions to, to see a big uptick again. So that represents, you know, the Peterborough, Belleville, Kingston, Windsor, Niagara um, are, are really, I would say, the big five that come to mind for me, other than some of the northern provinces um, that, that that are a little bit out of my expertise. But when we talk about the Greater Golden Horseshoe, uh, those are the five to come to mind. So I think that um, for all the headlines that have gone around about Canada, you know, Peterborough being the most overvalued uh, market in, in real estate market in Canada and all this stuff. I think that for as much as we're dropping right now, uh, I do think that when things do see, start to uh, uh, recover, that w- us, along with some of the other small and mid-sized cities that I named there, could be some of the quickest to reach um, what would be the the new normal in terms of their prices and i believe that those prices could close the gap a little bit um where say for example over the years historically there's been you know just this consistent buffer of $150,000 price difference between what you can get here and what you can get in Bowmanville, Newcastle, Oshawa. They always move in lockstep because why would i pay any more uh to be in this community that that is that much further from my job in the GTA it's, and and so we always move in this lockstep pattern where if Oshawa drops we drop um, if we move up, Oshawa moves up because they 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 are dependent on each other as as comparable uh, cities. Now, what might happen? A theory is is that you could see that gap close a little bit because the competition is still there; it's still real. That people need housing, um, but in terms of people's absolute ability to lever themselves, will be decreased. There could just be a bit more of a flattening, uh, and the whole bottom end gets risen up and so the middle kind of gets compressed a little bit from top to, to bottom uh, but who knows that's just a theory i talk a lot about this stuff and, and talk with a lot of smart people about it and we all seem to always veer towards the same conclusions and and uh that that is where the conversation always seems to converge towards so uh that's it for this week guys i hope everybody enjoyed hope you got some value out of that um for anybody out there who who wants help and wants to start having the discussions going forward uh the team is is here and happy to help you guys out so feel free to reach out to me shoot me a line um and and just you know feel free to introduce yourselves to us and i am really looking forward to holidays so you might not catch me for for a face-to-face uh, or a google meet in in the next month and a bit um but but you know you might be able to catch me via email and we have a a great team of people here uh that that are all like-minded um and and willing to help you guys out so uh, i hope everybody is having a great summer i hope everybody else is planning to take some time off as well um oh hey and one last update in regards to a last podcast the path and the tiny homes update um, had some great feedback on that. People are certainly interested in the topic of tiny homes and helping the homelessness issue. Um, 
but there is definitely many sticking points uh, in private conversations that people have brought up to me about a, a project like this. And I'm going to address all those in a more pointed format in the future, uh, potentially going to be starting with a bit of a blog here as well. Um, and so that's something that might be better addressed in a point by point format, because I am somebody who, who doesn't have uh, uh, the, the greatest uh, command over the, the, the industry um, language in terms of that space. And, and I certainly, uh, only hope to ever speak about it in a way that's helpful and, and I never want to upset anybody. Uh, so it might be something that's better (laughs) for me to pursue the written word rather than the, the verbal, um, because it's, it's a little bit easier to control what I say there. So, but nonetheless, we're going to update you one way or the other, whether, whether it's a video or a blog post and, uh, hopefully continue to, to uh, progress that dialogue. So thanks everybody. Have a great uh, week and a great month and, uh, look forward to catching up with you on the next market update. Take care.